This is the MDRT Podcast. Efficiency is a key part of running a successful practice. During a recent conversation at MDRT headquarters, Tom Lavasser, Dover, New Hampshire. Jed Levine, Aurelia, Ontario, Canada. Adam Moss from Down Under, Melbourne, Australia. Discussed how they approach challenges with time management from both a staffing and client service perspective. I think a lot of people get into the business without having the skills to manage staff and it's not one of my strengths. So the way that we helped overcome that in our business as our team has grown was actually to bring on someone quite senior who that's his natural ability is to actually manage people. I'm much more technically focused and detailed focused whereas he's a much better manager of people and that has really improved the culture within the team in terms of how those staff feel engaged and they're interacted with on a daily basis. That's allowed me to focus on what I'm good at, which is the technical delivery of, of advice, innovation within the business, driving people to perform, but not necessarily having to probably be as nurturing as I otherwise would need to in terms of how those people are actually managed and how their personalities are managed. His unique ability is to really engage and look after people. So it's really allowed us to get the best of both worlds in terms of strong performance and technical development, which has been driven by me, along with good engagement, uh, the development of those people. I would echo what Adam was saying about uh, delegation. I think one of the strongest messages that I could give on delegation is to delegate and then not micromanage. Because when you give up a task, uh, give up an activity that you know how to do well, but it's not your favorite thing to do and it's not your unique ability, and you give it to somebody whose unique ability it is, and you allow that person to figure out out ways to do that task that are creative, that are going to fit their personality, not only do you save yourself time and give yourself more capacity to do the things that are probably more profitable for you and therefore more efficient for you, but you give that person an opportunity to grow. And in that growth, there's lots of creativity that comes from that growth that helps your business in the long run. So we added a person to our staff. And when we did, we reorganized certain tasks that were were being done. And we realized that One of our staff members was doing things that she really hated to do, but she was the only person, you know, left to do them. So we've delegated a lot of those things to this new staff person who is just excited about those activities. And so when you find a person's unique ability, and there's lots of tests that you can use, the DISC test, where you kind of determine a person's personality and their skill set, what they're good at doing. So that's, I think, the key to office efficiency is to make sure that you delegate, you delegate wisely, you delegate appropriately, and then you take your hands out of the pie and let it happen. One of my biggest personal challenges in managing my time was, was just being pulled in too many directions in any given day. Uh, I found it difficult. You're starting one task, you're, you're not completely through it, and then something urgent takes over, and you probably end up spending three times as much time trying to complete that task because you start and stop so many times. Uh, one thing we did to overcome it is that we actually moved all of our face-to-face client meetings into two days of the week. So we'd really pile those two days right full of client meetings. So those days I know I'm on stage, I'm making presentations or prepared well in advance. And that gives me three other days a week either to take a little bit of extra personal time or use those full days to get caught up on 
uh, putting together financial plans and recommendations without the without the distractions of starting and stopping all the time because maybe there's a client coming in in 10 minutes and I still have a hour of work to do on a plan type of thing. I would echo pretty much exactly what Jed has said in terms of one of my weaknesses which is having too many things all on the go at once and the age-old issue of doing the things on the list that might be easier rather than the things that are the most important. So linking back to those meeting rhythms that we've put in place, two of the things that we now do on a weekly basis which helps get the most important jobs done is at the start of the week on a Monday as part of our team meeting, all of our staff need to have their top three to five priorities for the week that's going to make their week a success. And then when we have our daily team meeting, which is at 9.30 for 15 minutes, that team meeting, we have a document that we call a daily pulse. And a daily pulse is basically our to-do list for that day. And the to-do list has a range of tasks on there that is on the list for the day, but then it has the top three that you need to achieve that are the most important tasks for you to achieve for that day. And just by having that in front of you and writing it down and then talking about it as part of the team meeting, it gives me some accountability back to the rest of my team. Because if I wasn't actually talking about it and communicating it to the wider team and writing it down, there's probably a lower probability that it would actually get achieved. I would have to say that the lifeblood of any financial services organization is prospecting. Because if you don't have people to see, uh, you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs. If you're going to be efficient, you need to have an efficient way of bringing in new blood, new prospects, new potential clients. And uh, I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at meeting people and getting them to give me a business card and uh, getting them to give me permission to follow up with them. But then... The follow-up requires making a phone call or doing something that's proactive on my part, and that's where the weakness comes in. So in terms of going back to delegation, what I've done is I've delegated to one of my assistants to enter all the information about that client or that prospect and then set a next step in a workflow. So within three days of that information being entered into our client relationship management software, I get a message, call so-and-so. And so every day I wake up and I've got 10 or 15 people on my list to call and it forces me to do that. And if I don't do them, I get dinged six days later that why didn't you do that? What's the next step? So it's, it's an automated process that really helps me keep on track in terms of communicating with people, getting new appointments, and then following through on those appointments. Well, I put myself on an email diet. I look at email three times a day, or try to. You know how diets are. So first thing in the morning, I don't look at email until about 9 o'clock. That allows all the critical emails from the night before to come in and the, the early morning ones to come in. And I, I look at email in a way that is I'm looking for a client name, and I open those emails first, and I read those emails first. Everything else, a lot of it gets deleted, but I don't get stuck in the pigeonhole at six o'clock in the morning of looking at email and getting into because you can't react at six o'clock in the morning anyway and I use that time in a different way uh, you know do reading and, and writing and thinking and and so forth and then at noontime I check email when I have lunch and it's a quick check and again I'm just looking for client names on emails and then at the end of the day around four o'clock I derive a lot of satisfaction from scratching something off a to-do list, <laughs> no matter what it is for that matter. I don't uh, necessarily reward myself beyond that, but one thing I did pick up on a couple of years ago is on those days that are my work days, if I'm working on a plan or whatever project it is, I do turn off my phone, I close my computer, and it's amazing how quickly what seemed like an intimidating task 
how much time you cut off by uh, taking those distractions out of the equation. I may have been sitting on my to-do list for a long time and finally going to tackle it. And I find, wow, 20 minutes later of undistracted work and it's done and dealt with and, and moving on. So that's my, my best piece for staying efficient is just eliminating those distractions. Of course, it's important to make sure clients know about your process too. Something that I feel that the industry, uh, well, definitely back home in Australia uh, that I've experienced is a lot of businesses provide what we call holistic advice, which is life insurance advice, but also strategic planning and investment advice all wrapped up as part of the one plan. And we often do a great job engaging the client, talking about their goals, developing a plan, delivering the advice, and as part of that, selling that advice to the client and, and having them engaged. And one thing that we have struggled with in the past has been around um, then having the client feel like we then deliver once the sale has been done. Because what actually happens in the back end is that there's a whole heap of work that's going on within, within our business. There might be two or three different staff members actually working on a whole heap of paperwork and processing and implementation. But from the client's perspective, they actually may not know the amount of work that's actually going on behind the scenes. And because it can take some time to actually implement, implement all of that advice, uh, the client can actually feel like we're not communicating with them and, and they may not know where that we're in the process, you know, those things are actually up to. So we developed something that we call the client implementation plan. And this is essentially a schedule of all of the different steps involved from first signing off on the advice right through to completely finalizing the plan and having the last step impl implemented. And that could be anywhere from six steps through to in some complex situations, you know, 20 different steps. And that um, implementation plan goes into the back of our advice document. And when we talk to the client around the advice that we've provided and the plan that we're gonna put in place, we then talk through all of the steps that are involved in the work that we're about to embark upon for them to actually put this put this advice into place for them. Number one, it gives them a really good understanding of the amount of work that's actually involved in implementing the advice that we've provided. And then the next thing that we do, which really helps with the ongoing communication piece, is that every Friday, for all of our clients who we're implementing advice for, we send out an email to them with their updated implementation plan. And they can see on the implementation plan, as steps get ticked off, those individual steps go green and anything that the client needs to do is red and they're highlighted and we communicate to the client, look, if there's anything on here that's red when it comes through on Friday, we need you to do something. Uh, and anything that's in process is yellow. So it just gives us a structured method of communicating to the client on a weekly basis with exactly where we're up to. And because we need to update that implementation plan each week to allow us to send it out to the client, it means that very rarely do things fall through the cracks because we have to refer back to it at least once a week to, to allow us to send it out. It's just added a lot of value in the back end um, to actually making sure that we deliver on the advice that we've provided and the client feels like we're adding value through that process. Something that we really like to do from a communication standpoint, uh, which helps our, our staff and our clients, is make sure the clients have a thorough understanding of what our process looks like. So it, it just takes a lot of the unknown uh, out, out of the way for the in terms of client engagement. They know what to expect, and then when they come into the office and what they expected to happen is exactly what happens. I think it, it takes the guard down a lot because they know we're not winging it. They know we're following a defined procedure. But it helps the staff too because they know 
at what stage each of those clients are, are at any moment. So if they're coming in for a meeting, they know it's step two. They know what I usually like prepared for step two. Sometimes I'll throw them a curveball because of different situations. But having that clear track to run on helps both the front of stage and the backstage uh, communication. That's it for this month's episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. If you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes at MDRT Podcast. 